Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Film School podcast this Wednesday the 25th of November. My name's Adam and I'm joined by a fantastic group of hosts. We have the one and only film guru himself, Josh J. Luke. How you doing, Josh? Yeah, good. Thanks, Adam. We have the final girl, Emily Pratt. How you doing, Emily? I'm really well, thank you, Adam. And last but not least, the rom-com expert, Chris Birchie. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, thanks, mate. I thought you weren't going to reply and I, it was going to throw me. Um, if you don't know what the Film School podcast is about, it's a podcast where we talk about uh, some of the films that we've watched throughout the week and then jump onto uh, two main topic films of the week. And this week's films are The Way Way Back and Half Nelson. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube uh, and all podcast services and on Instagram and Twitter, Film School Pod. Um, yeah, so what did you guys watch this week? Uh, well, I know Em and I watched The Grudge, which we were thinking would just be a, you know, run-of-the-mill sort of 2000s horror movie. I, I can't remember if I'd seen it. I think once we'd watched it, I think we both realised we hadn't. Mm. Yep. And yeah, I was thought I had, but after watching it, I was like, no, definitely not. Yeah, if I had seen this movie before, there is no way that I would have forgotten how bad it was to decide to sit through it again. Yeah. I have never been so lost in a movie, and not in a good way, not in a way where it's like, oh, keeping you guessing, keeping you guessing. I literally didn't know a single character's name 90 minutes into this movie. I was about That's to ask, we what's both... the plot? <laughs> like, oh, what's the, uh, is there a summary? Uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this movie tell, like, tells its plot in the strangest way imaginable. Like, it just continually introduces protagonists for like three minutes, seed, ten minutes, seeds, like one after the other, and then it works its story in reverse in sort of flashbacks and stuff. And it, yeah, okay, it just sucks. so you're not going to tell me what the plot is. The plot is it's so bad. Don't watch it. <laughs> the plot it's essentially is actually something like there's this like um, this curse or something, um, and that's. <laughs> No, no, no. but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the structure of it is so bad that it doesn't even really tell you what the plot is. You're just watching some spooky scenes every now and then. (laughs) All right. I'm actually going to look up. Sounds like I'm in a, uh, a, like a VCAL or like an English class or something and the kids are trying to explain things to me. And they're just giving me nothing. <laughs> so I've just, um, I've had to Google this, even though I actually watched the movie like less than a week ago. Uh, so it turns out our main character's name was Karen Davis. Didn't know that. So Karen Still didn't Dav- know that. Yep. Karen Davis moves to Tokyo, where she encounters a supernatural spirit that possesses its victims. After a series of horrifying and mysterious deaths, Karen makes a vow to stop any further deaths. Didn't know that. That's more plot than I got from watching the movie. <laughs> yep. All right. What did it, did anyone yep. else watch anything? I'm just going to jump over that one next. Uh, Chris, did you watch anything? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to like I'm trying to get my uh, summary of it because I couldn't really remember it. But uh, I watched Jay and Silent Bob oh, like, reboot, well. and um, yeah, it's actually somehow got good ratings, like all as in like two and a half or something like that, which was ridiculous because. I don't know, just all it was was a self-reference movie and then a little bit different than an earlier movie and they just keep referring to that, that it's very similar to an early one they did and they've changed enough of it to make it a reboot. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend not watching it and 
like yeah probably 70 minutes of it real bad and there's a few laughs but that's about it and then the last 30 minutes picked up which increased its score by double for me from a half a mark to one mark so yeah don't watch wow. yeah that that is a terrible movie i've also seen mm. that Wow. It has. I wouldn't even give it the last half an hour. I reckon it's got one good scene in the entire thing, and it's just a reference to a scene from a better movie, which is How High. It's got one scene where Method Man and Red Man have a cameo, and it's slightly funny because they do all the acting and all the talking. That part's funny. Then they're not in it, and the rest of the movie is a zero out of ten. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Wow. Well, we may as well round it out with another pretty darn average movie. Um, mm. I know Josh and I both watched New Mutants, um, yes. the latest and final film in the Fox X-Men series. Thank fuck. Yeah, I could not agree more. This is like one of those films that just has no consequences. Um, so essentially it's a set of school kids like five school kids that are trapped in a school, which is clearly holding them hostage. Um, and I guess the plot is they're trying to escape and it's so throwaway. But saying that it's like maybe not the worst X-Men movie because it's at least like semi-watchable. What were your thoughts on it, Josh? <laughs> Well, this movie. So, how much did this cost to make? Let's let's get that sorted out. Give me a ballpark range on that. I have no idea. I would have said like maybe twenty-five million. You'd think so, wouldn't you? I'm pretty sure it was more than that. So I'm going to look it up. There but you go. Forty-five point eight million. Uh, no, sorry, 40... sorry, sixty-seven to eighty million dollars. It's a range. Sixty-seven to eighty million dollars. Oh my! All right. So this movie is like watching two episodes back-to-back of a really mediocre superhero television show on the CW network in America. And if anyone knows what I'm talking about, they're the the TV channel that make Arrow, the TV channel that make like Flash and all that sort of stuff. You are essentially watching 80 billion minutes of okay television that I wasn't paying attention to, to the point where... It's just because nothing really mattered. Like, I could have this on in the background and know exactly what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, the accents get thrown away, like, halfway through the <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the movie. Like, um, it has, like, Aya Stark in it. And yeah. she does not give a great performance by my, no. um, mm. my books. And then there's that kid from Stranger Things who potentially gives the worst American Kansas accent I've ever seen and then throws it away halfway through the film. Just like literally just stops it. And I was like, this is... It, yeah, it was it was really bad. Um, you know which, what, he probably um, did that for the it? best. Uh, it's um, the the guy who's in uh, who ends up sleeping with Nancy. You know that weird looking dude? Someone's brother, is it? The, Isn't no. it Will's brother? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's Will's brother. It's Will's brother. Yeah. Oh, is it Will's brother? I thought Nancy's was was Will's sister. No, Nancy's Mike's sister, isn't she? Okay. Anyways, we're we're going off topic. (laughs) Yeah. So New Mutants wasn't the worst X Men movie. Like it was. It's not the worst X Men movie because it goes for ninety minutes. Yeah. My interpretation of that. (laughs) And it's a it's a real real low three for me. Like real low. 
Um, it is it is a low. T- oh, it's probably a mid two for me because I wasn't actively annoyed watching it. I guess. Yeah. All right. Does anyone have anything else that they watch that they really want to talk about? No. The silence is definitely all good. All right. Let's jump into the first <laughs> um, movie of the week. The Way Back, released January 21st, 2013, directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. It stars Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Alison Janney, Anna-Sophia Robb, Sam Rockwell, and Maya Rudolph. It has a runtime of 103 minutes. With a budget of only $5 million, it had a box office of $26.9 million. Um, it's also from... It's an independent film uh, from the studio that brought us Juno and Little Miss Sunshine. Um, what was everyone's... Or do you want to just run us through the plot first? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so basically, Duncan, who is our main character, um, he's not a very popular kid and it doesn't look like the summer is going to offer anything better for him. Um, his mum, who is played by Tony Collette uh, and who is dating a character called Trent, um, played by Steve Carell. Um, Yeah, so the mum's boyfriend invites them all to his beach house where Duncan is expected to improve his his personality and the way he looks um, and to meet girls. Trent makes it very clear to him on the way that he's a three in his books and that he Uh needs to be better. Um, But, yeah, so... He's also got like this, you know, his would-be stepsister who doesn't want anything to do with him and he's really shy so it makes it really hard for him to meet anybody new and to make new friends. Um, When Duncan wanders into the Water Whiz, the local water park, he kind of befriends some adult employees who are pretty much just there having fun, not taking their jobs too seriously. Um, So Sam Rockwell's character, Owen, with him um, and they form this... Yeah, Bond, I suppose, a bit of a connection which kind of helps him, well, helps both of them, I guess, mature and, yeah, find their place in life. So for Duncan, that means ultimately standing up to his would-be stepfather, having a conversation with the girl next door who he is a little bit keen on and just being um, more comfortable with who he is. Finn. Finn. Lovely. (laughs) Um, So what was everyone's initial thoughts on the film? I think you should probably uh, right. lay so out I, your okay. thoughts that I'm on this one. I was so outrageously bored during this film. I didn't, it, like, just straight from the get-go, didn't love the main actor. Um, I, I literally thought he had no real redeemable qualities, and I know that it's like a coming of age over the summer. I just felt that, like, at least from... Everything was way too on the nose for me. Like Sam Rockwell being like this carefree dude that takes like a real young kid under his wing just didn't seem right. I didn't love Sam Rockwell in this character at all. He like Mm. his performance honestly did nothing for me. And I saw your review for it, Josh, but like everything about it was just like, he was just too over the top too like, um, I don't know just extravagant i suppose and then like also marred with like the scene where they're waiting for like the chicks to go down the water slide was really jarring and honestly like the whole experience was just everything was just so like cliche and like i've seen it a thousand times and it just did like i swear to god nearly fell asleep during it 
I just really didn't enjoy it. Okay. And it would have been good if it had a good soundtrack, but it didn't. I think. Uh, see, I was watching it being like, oh, I would have thought this is like up Adam's alley in terms of like the, the I don't know, the overall mood of the movie, the music, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So interesting. No, yeah, I think that like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I just like, I think like for such a star-studded cast as well, like I thought that the script would like explore more themes. Like I will say that the world feel like the worlds that the story built felt really lived in. But besides that, I, yeah, I don't know. Everything just seems like way too outrageous and like unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's like a in my books it was a perfectly average coming of age movie. So nothing that you're going to say like this is the best movie ever, but I didn't think it was the worst movie as well. I agree that um, some of the scenes were like pretty unrealistic. Uh, in between, in particular, that you know the break dancing scene where oh man, um, talk about like up. yeah, like and I you like know. I think that if it had see the thing, I think the issue was that like I think the tone of the film sort of fluctuated a bit, like because it was it was pitching it as like this really like serious like especially with like Steve Carell at the start like talking in the car and like saying you're a three out of five I don't know and then like it did that like 180 where it then just went to like cringy where like there's no way this kid doing like this shitty version of the robot and everyone I don't know it just like I think the two together didn't work and then it tried to jump between being serious and then not serious so tell me more about your thoughts guys what what, what did you You, guys think you could see um you could see what they were trying to do with that scene but it was just a way it was way too quick like it went from him being like the the lonely type kid that didn't have any confidence to like being nearly like you know the number one kid around the block type thing because then that was the scenes after where he's doing the um or after where he was you know the girl down the slide type thing as well and uh, where he had all that confidence. So, yeah, I, I agree. But, yeah, wonder what Josh and Emily thought. Yeah, like, I do agree, like, on that scene. I do think it wasn't realistic because, like, really, in theory, if this kid comes over to tell you off for dancing and everything, like, you're probably not going to respond by being like, no, nah, bro, dance. Like, we'll help you do a, I don't know, the thing you, know, you spit on your head. I can't think of the name right now. Um, but, like... Yeah, I more of just found that reaction part um, unrealistic. I did kind of like it, though, because I was like, oh, like, that's sweet, even though that would not happen at all in the real world. Like, it would be nice if it did. Um, mm. But, yeah, I don't know. I Like, since having, like, time between watching this movie and, like, how I'm feeling now, I think I probably like it slightly more. Like, I think I remember after it just being like, eh, like, I wouldn't, I didn't really rate it very highly, but also, like, I didn't hate it by any means. Um Whereas now I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, like there were a few scenes which I liked. I did actually like Sam Rockwell's character quite a bit. Um, yeah, like I thought he was just like quite a nice, friendly sort of guy. Like I found the um, one of the like final scenes like, um, you know, kind of emotional where like they had to say goodbye and all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wonder what Josh? you'd be thinking if you're the mum, like Tony Collette, and that's <laughs> like you'd be like, "Wait, he's been hanging out with this guy for like three weeks, and <laughs> uh, stayed overnight, and uh, yeah, how you doing, mate? That's uh, good for me." It's weird because with all of that, like, I didn't really look at any of that and be like, "Oh, this is inappropriate." I was more just like, "Oh, that's nice that like you know someone's being there as like a bit of a father figure and like showing yeah. him kindness and all that sort of thing." 
and that's yeah. the way it's definitely definitely oh, that's represented in yeah. that. Yeah, mm. and I I just thought what I was I think it was fine. Like it was perfectly fine. I was sitting there the whole time. I was like, this is sort of like light entertainment. They get a bit sort of it's got a bit of heart now and then. Like I think the in terms of everything feeling a bit fake, especially the water park, I agree. And from a symbolic point of view, I think it just represented like sort of what was his name? Was it Brennan? Or whatever he, the main character's name, I think it I represented. I could not tell you a single person's name in this film. <laughs> That's all right. I think it represented his sort of safe place. And... Is he Duncan? Duncan? Duncan, yeah. yeah Duncan. Sorry, Duncan. Duncan. Yeah, yeah, Duncan. It's your mate. Um, yeah, so I think it just represented like his safe place and a place to get away from all the thoughts that are in his head with all the stuff that's going on at home. And I think that's why the film had such a tonal shift between when he's with people he feels comfortable with, people who make him feel himself. And you're right, that is very on the nose. It's very easy coming of age. But, again, it just wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I wasn't bored at any point. Um, I think Sam Rockwell's character, having the relationship he has, it you got to think about it in terms of he's this guy who manages a water park and we find out later on that he obviously had father issues as well. And I don't think it's sort of out of character for you to sort of take in a someone of this age. And also, it may also be because we don't have sort of summer culture as such in Australia, where towns like this would have young people like him coming into work all the time. I, I, just I, for summer jobs and things so, like that. So just to like... Because I think maybe I, I sold it like that. I thought it was inappropriate that he was hanging out. No, with him. no, was, no. I, no I think I think more so like what I found jarring was not not his relationship with the kid, but then there were they they threw in those like extra scenes that I didn't think were necessary. Like I didn't think that they needed to do the whole like where Sam Rockwell like introduces like the kid at the top of the the slide and like tells all the women to wait. Oh, like, and I thought yeah, yeah, I, I did not I, like that. Absolutely. Like, I thought that that scene, like, and, but then there was, like, also other scenes, like the whole, like, getting stuck down the water slide and the overtaking thing, which just, I don't know. I feel like they took some heart out of it. They did. They did. And I didn't like that scene either. But I suppose to put in, to contextualize it the way I saw it while I was watching it, um, Sam Rockwell's character, while being very good to Duncan, is a perpetual teen. And that's, part of the mm. issue with some of the relationships he has around people. And I think that obviously some of the stupid stuff that he still does is because of that, because he's never grown up. He hasn't really advanced in life. And I think that's what I was trying to do in terms of the dichotomy between Steve Carell's character and Sam Rockwell, Yeah, where Steve Carell's character may have been oh, more successful in say capitalistic sense of he's got a successful job, he's got a um, holiday home and all this sort of stuff. But is Sam Rockwell's character more fulfilled because he lives a more carefree life that he may enjoy more and he may have less stress in? Mm. So, yeah, I I thought that was some interesting stuff here. I didn't think it was a great movie, but I definitely didn't hate it. No, I, think I hate I... Steve Carell's character, though. I can tell you that Oh, much. mate, did oh. it? What? He was a scumbag. I also thought that, like, it was very... Like, like I will say that the one thing I thought was well done was like the way um, was Tony Collette the, the mum. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I don't know. I feel like as you get older, like you realize more and more that like you could probably see yourself being her in that situation. Um, 
And I thought that, like, that, the way that they tackled that and then, like, her mulling it over and, like, the kid's reaction and everything was pretty realistic. Um, I would agree. Yeah. Anyway. I think, um, th- like, I the part which I hated, like, was when um, he made the scene at the party and, like, got really angry at his mum instead of Steve Carell's character. I was like, oh, like... I like I kind of get it because like he'd be looking at it as a kid being like just leave like what are you doing, um, yeah. but yeah th- and I think in that I was like, I found it frustrating because I like probably felt sorry for Tony Collette's character, but I yeah I think um, he I think it was probably angry at his mum too for letting Trent um, treat, treat him that them. way yeah, yeah. he kept you know like there's heaps of scenes where it's like mm. yeah, make sure you pick this up make sure you do that you got to talk to me like this. Um, yeah, and she like didn't oh, yeah. pull him off like, on anything. Yeah. He was such a wanker in this film, wasn't he? He was. Mm. He well, he played a good wanker though. I must he admit, did, yeah. like, he had a strong tan going. <laughs> he was very hateable. Yeah, he was nice. very hateable. Yeah, he was. Mm. He was definitely not the uh, Steve Carell from the Office. Office. Uh, no. um, <laughs> in terms of that scene with the with the mother getting angry, I thought um, so that was they tried to still represent that he was still scared of Trent. And then he didn't have enough confidence to fully stick up. Chase the... him. Yeah, and that's True. why Sam Rockwell was still needed at the end. Yeah, and I think take. that I think that um, that was kind of a nice thing that they didn't go, oh, you have to do this all on your own, sort of thing at the end. Like, oh, yeah, you've, now, you've now got the power to stand up to your stepdad. It's like, no, you sometimes do still need like positive help and positive influence from those around you. I, I um, I think that like. Um, maybe another thing, uh, that sort of stood out was like the, the neighbor's daughter character, um, I thought was potentially done like, okay. (laughs) Um, I think Mm -hmm. that like, I like that they didn't like typecaster as like the neighbor who's like, like supposed to be like the attractive one. That's like also a bitch at the same time. Like she was quite. Although, like, it kind of seemed a bit on the nose that she was just into books and that was her thing, but... Um... Mm. I think Relationship they... odd. I, like, didn't actually really see that happening. No. Until it happened. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. Because, um, yeah, I thought they... I th- Yeah, I agree. Because I think they sort of made the idea that she'd be more accepting of because of her brother. Because her brother was the one who wore the eye patch, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like those two people seem so totally distant and like far from each other in the story that like, I didn't even click till now (laughs) you've said it. Yeah, they did. But that's what I mean. I think it might've made it more accepting to sort of a loner type. Okay. But yeah, I, there was definitely problems with this movie. This wasn't a, uh, five star coming of age. I wasn't crying at the end, but there was some (laughs) nice things here and there. Mm. All right. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up. Does anyone have anything else that they wanted to mention? Or are we happy to jump to the next one? Happy to move on. All right. Let's do it. Half Nelson is a 2006 American drama film directed by Ryan Fleck. It stars Ryan Gosling, who plays Dan, Sharika Epps, who plays Dre, and Anthony Mackie, who plays Frankie. Um, it has a runtime of 106 minutes, uh, a budget of $700,000 and a box office of 4.9 million. Uh, it also had no, uh, Ryan Gosling nominated for best actor. Take us away with the plot, Josh. 
Um, so I'll just read out the letterbox one here and then I'll go into a little bit more detail. Despite his dedication to the junior high school students who fill his classroom, idealistic teacher Dan Dunn leads a secret life of addiction that the majority of his students will never know. But things change when a troubled student, Dre, makes a startling discovery of his secret life, causing a tenacious bond between the two that could either end disastrously or provide a catalyst of hope. And this sort of this movie sort of focuses on real life problems of different people caused by different systemic issues and things like that and different sort of contexts of their life. And it shows a sort of struggle-based relationship between two characters who are struggling for completely different reasons. Perfect. And yeah, what do we think? Um, well, I, like I think unanimously across the board, like no one hated this film yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't, no, didn't hate it, didn't it. love it. Didn't like, love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Yeah. I think that that's where we all sort of, like that's where I fell anyways. Um, mm. I thought that, Again, Ryan Gosling's acting probably was the standout. Hundred um, percent. The the girls as well, though. I reckon. Yeah, she was great as well. Shrieker, she was really yeah. good for a you know. She, I don't know how old she is, but she was really good in it. Um, I think that like that there were there were lots of plot holes throughout the film. Um, I didn't like where it sort of like I I think it's sort of like a slice of life film more so than it is like a full like story arc film um exactly what i was saying before pretty much yeah i i don't know i i, I don't really l- love it because it was just so grim <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that but like but i think also, <laughs> no i agree i, I think I also agree. like i think they really focused on ryan gosling but like i really wanted them to probably focus more on dre like i feel like she was going through more i don't know see i I don't know if I... I read that in your review and I don't know if I agree with that as much because I watched it after I saw your review. Okay. And I think they had relatively similar sort of screen time and performance in the story. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely a bleak film. It wasn't enjoyable to watch. No. But that doesn't no. mean... <laughs> All right, so yeah. So, so like, can I just... Yeah. Sorry, jump into like... Oh, no, uh, go for yeah, it. I'll jump into like the plot holes that I think that I struggled with like... Um, I feel like they threw away the what was a previous relationship with that lady. Like, I feel like, was that what stemmed his drug abuse? Or, like, was no. that the implication? So, the implication was that they were in a relationship as both drug users and she had gone to rehab and it had worked. Uh, but I think, man, but I think that was when... They were at the basketball, like at the basketball court, and they'd met each other again. That triggered, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So that triggered him to go into the toilets and therefore yeah. shoot up. Which, um, oh, sorry, not shoot up. Um, what was he doing? He was doing. Uh, oh uh, no, but he he'd already yeah. bought it. He'd already bought it yeah. previously, so he was yeah. obviously using before then. It was obviously that was the scene I hated. I thought like yeah, I, I thought it was disgusting, but yeah, I knew it was needed for the plot mm-hmm. in the sense for the girl to see him doing something or doing drugs, but. Um, the way they did it, I, cause he was, he was still sane enough to, to be functioning. Like he was obviously coaching the basketball team. I just don't know why he would have went into the girls toilets to do it. That was the bit that I was just like, why would what? you have teach an all girls basketball team? And if you're going to do anything there, why would you do it in the girls toilets when there's clearly a male's toilet just across? That was like, I just found that a really big 
sort of plot hole that yep. was there to try and cause um, Dre to see him doing that and then follow on with the story. It might just be me, but that's how I found that. No, that's fair. I I agree. I sort of justified it, and this may be me just doing something to make sense in my head, but I thought it might have been the locker room bathrooms for the team mm. that he was coaching. It was, yeah, but it was the because it was an all female. He was the team, female one. So, yeah, but what yeah. I'm saying is, he would have had his coaching stuff in there, and he that would have just been the first bathroom. And I'm assuming if you're in the mindset to take crack, regardless of how sane you are, there's going to be some things that you do that aren't exactly normal. Uh, but, but again, like, yeah, I feel like he, he walked after the 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 ex relationship lady, right? She had walked through there. That's why he walks in and yells, "Hey, is anyone there?" I thought that that was what happened. She yeah, was, uh, I yeah. thought he was just checking to make sure that it was clear. Oh. Anyway. Well, either way. Either way, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think, like, what... I, good to see we're all paying, like, heaps of attention. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like... We I all mean, really I, cared. I think that... Um, some, some like, the, the camera constantly Shake. shaking... Oh, I hated it. ...driving Could me up not. the wall. Damned um, it. It was kind of like doing like that faux, like documentary style mm. sort of uh, camera angles. And sometimes it worked really well, like in the car where you were sitting in the back seat. Um, but for the most part, man, it just kept shaking. And I was, I was like, just watching scenes and I was like, what is this adding? Like, this is just a regular scene. Just shoot it normally. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think like what else, like... I don't know. So just just quickly, because I, I wanted to ask this. Did you guys think Anthony or whatever, Anthony Mack, the guy who plays Frankie. Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Mackie, sorry. Sent Dre in to give the drugs to Ryan Gosling deliberately? That I was, think so. Think so. Yeah, that I was the way so, yeah. I interpreted it. Okay, cool. Yeah, just wanted yeah to so did I. Yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty cruel, wasn't it? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and was that his way of like telling, like showing her that like he's still broken? Like, yeah. What what was the yes. name that he said? Uh, a base head? Is that what they? Uh, base what head. Was? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was a way of saying, like, trying to implicate that more and just say that you know you can't be friends with your teacher type thing. He's not a, it's not a good person, I suppose. And, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think this movie like sort of brought up a well, especially when I was watching a good moral sort of conundrum, especially with all the characters presented. The fact that, well, yeah, Ryan Gosling's character is an absolute piece of shit. I'm sure we can all agree to that. He's a piece of shit. Anthony Merrick, his character's a piece of shit. But these people in their heads don't think that they're bad people. And they all still function based on a set of moral codes that they themselves hold. And obviously it's going to be weird, but well, Ryan Gosling does some deplorable acts and is just fucked up in a lot of scenes. He still thinks he's doing the right thing by getting one of his students away from a drug dealer because he sees that as a moral right. Yeah, a moral right, redeeming himself. Whereas Anthony Mackie's character may may think it's appropriate to help a child of that age enter into the drug selling world but he thinks it's inappropriate for a teacher to share that relationship with a student. And that's like his moral rights that he sees in it. And I just, I honestly found that interesting and fascinating when I was watching it. 
Yeah, but putting it like that, it is quite interesting. I think when I watched it, though, I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel strongly either way about, like, either of them being, like, a better better influence. That I did really, like, dislike the relationship between Dre and Dan, though, reasons. Like, mm-hmm. that one scene at the party where he started yeah. dancing with her, I was just like, mm. how is nobody commenting on this? Like, this, like, you could see, like, them showing, like, kids looking and stuff, but I was like... Surely some of, yeah. like another teacher would have a conversation with him and be like, um I do like what that the movie <laughs> stamped it out immediately and made it known that everyone thought it was inappropriate. Mm. Like Trey did and so did Frank. And that's why I know Frank was outside, but it sort of got explained later. Mm. And that's why I thought the whole moral code is like, oh, you're okay subjecting this girl to selling drugs and using it for your means, but you find that this is a moral wrong and stuff like that. That's And then there's the confrontation between the two where you think that they're going to have a fight, but then they sort of just both agree. And like, I sort of took that as like, they're both just shit people who are just like <laughs> going to fuck her up anyway. Like... Yeah, that, that's, that's completely true. Yeah. Yeah. Like the problem is they are both trying to help, but they are just both fucked up people. And their way, yeah, their way of, helping people is fundamentally fucked up like yeah frank's a bad character obviously he's a drug dealer but in his mind he's probably like yeah i'm giving people in my community a form of income you know what i mean it's yeah yeah. this is just one of those movies that just gives you a um a slice of life is a good description it just it's you get a short view into just a really bleak and dark part of humanity that definitely does exist so i did want to raise like the the title of the film being called half nelson do you guys know why that is so um, and i can explain it to you well um, i could take a guess tell me what you think it is well i know a half nelson's a wrestling move where you have both arms like sort of held behind your back yeah so essentially it's um a hold in wrestling uh from behind the opponent uh passes one arm hand uh one arm under the corresponding arm of the opponent and locks the hand on the back of the opponent's neck um and like i don't know i was like reading into it and like trying to like understand like why they would call it that and essentially the director in the film's maker's commentary was like oh it was all shot hand held and i was like (laughs) was that really the reason why but like you couldn't even come up with anything better. Like, I could literally come up with a fake explanation of why this is named Half Nelson. And then there's, right like... Now, better than that. And then there's, like, the interpretation of that, like, that, like, your con... The, the film constantly, like, makes you, like, feel like there's someone, like, pushing on their neck and, like, weighing them down. I don't know. I don't think it was a great name for it, but... I don't either. I think that... that- I think they might have come up with the name before they actually wrote the movie and just stuck with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say with this. Like, it was perfectly fine. Like, I feel like I saw what they were trying to do. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I don't think the execution was fantastic. I think it's funny because, like, if you go back and, like, look at the reviews and stuff, like, on Letterboxd and also, like, just read about, like, what people thought of it at the time, people thought it was, like ryan gosling's like breakout role well i mean what what did besides, he done besides notebook i suppose 
Yeah, had he done really many dramatic roles before this, though? Because remember, we watched Lars and the Real Girl last week, but that was after this, so... True. You have to take all these roles up until this. Like, if I'd watched The Notebook and then I went in and watched this, I'd be like, oh, shit, this guy can act. I suppose I think so. that um, Ryan Gosling like was definitely like outstanding with yeah, it. Yeah, he was I amazing. Think, yeah. And I think without him playing the role of Dan this movie probably would have been... I don't see it working as well with, like, someone else playing that role. I think, yeah, Ryan Gosling kind of, like, made this movie what it is in terms of all of the good things about it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. entirely fair. I agree. Uh, what I will say is, though, um, this is one of the places where... And Michael Fassbender has made a career on it where you've put in a really, really amazing performance in a movie that's not quite up to the level. Mm. And I thought this movie was not very well made. And I'll ha- I'll go back to a movie that we watched, Adam. What was that one about the um, was it the Chicago Nine? Oh yeah, the um, the trial of. Seven. So this is yeah, this is one of those movies where it was well written. Like I thought, sort of what they were going for was good. It was well acted in parts, but it just wasn't that well made. Mm. It just yeah. Missed the cinematography aspect, wasn't well directed, and Ryan Gosling putting one of his best in something that may not have deserved it. Yeah, I would say go and watch Lars and the Real Girl. Like, yeah, as, I'm as a of, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for that as well because they were, I thought they were similar in terms of quality of performances. He did get a nomination, not for Lars and the Real Girl, he didn't, not for an Oscar. I think he got a Golden Globe. Oh, that's right. It is a Golden Globe. I've just got it here. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I guess it depends too what else was out that yes, year. Yes, that always has to be always has to be As mentioned. we well know. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I'm Although just I still up Oscar films for 2007 right now. Oh, okay. Good and idea. Let's yeah, let's put him we up. Have what was he up against? The Departed. So uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um sorry. Best act- actor? Yeah, best actor. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio oh. in Blood Diamond. Yep, I wasn't. Oh wait, yeah. sorry. Are we doing which? What are we doing? Are we doing Lars and the Real Girl Year or are we doing? No, no. Do half Nelson Year. Do half Nelson Year. So it would be oh, the two thousand seven. Okay, cool. So he was up against Leonardo DiCaprio for Blood Diamond, mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker in The Last King of Scotland. That he won, didn't he? Yeah, he did win. Um, yeah. Peter O'Toole in Venus. I've never even heard of, uh, and Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness. It was a fucking weak year for Best Actor performance. <laughs> that is terrible. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness was a pretty good movie. Yeah, but it's come on. I like, feel like best that's performance of the year. One of Will Smith's best. Okay, that's fair enough. So it wasn't weak enough for Leo to win. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's not one of Leo's best, I wouldn't think. <laughs> no. Man. But I don't think Will Smith's really an Oscar actor, in my opinion. This like the fact that the fact that Will Smith was able to get nominated for an Oscar leads me to believe that it was a weak year. Um, yeah, it's actually interesting because like there's a lot of like Best Picture films that I haven't seen here that like were nominated but like totally went under my radar, and I've heard of them but I just haven't seen. Anyways, maybe it's Fair a enough. story for... What about the year after? Check the best actors for the year after because okay, that okay. would be what Lars and the Real Girl is yeah, up yeah. against. 80th. Okay. Let's see why he didn't get nominated, ladies and gentlemen. 
riveting, this one riveting where we podcasting get, stuff. Yeah, right riveting podcast. No, no, well. It is interesting. I, I agree. agree. I agree. I agree. All, right, all right. So if we got best people skip forward um, if they want. If you're still here, guys, and you, uh, you yeah. Google, uh, just um, <laughs> yeah, listen on. Next. All right. So yeah, best actors. We're going to start shitting on the Academy. 2007, <laughs> the best actors uh, were Daniel Day Lewis won it for There Will Be Blood. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. George Clooney as Michael Clayton in Michael Clayton. Never heard of it. Yep. I have. Yeah. Johnny Depp in Sweeney yep. Todd, the barber from Fleet Street. Fleet, Fleet Pro- Street. Probably the last good movie Johnny Depp made. Yep. I agree. I love Sweeney Todd. So um, do I. Tommy Lee Jones in The Valley of Eli. Eli, yeah. E L A H. Never heard of it. Oh, no, me either. Um, Vigo Morrison in. Eastern Promises. Man, I've not heard of any of Oh, that. yeah, that's a, it's a, that's good a great movie. movie. Yeah. Mm. Man, I need to go back through and watch all of these. That was definitely a much, much stronger year for Best Actor. Daniel Day-Lewis was amazing in there, Will Be Blood. Sorry, Ryan. You were great in Lars and the Real Girl, but <laughs> much chance in that one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There Will Be Blood. Way better. All right, I think that that's a pretty good place to, to stop because I think that we have totally derailed. Gone off track. Stop talking about. Lost numbers. our, we've lost our five viewers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we have Alex eight eight nine six nine six in the chat. Um, right now. He's getting real <laughs> angry. The yeah. he, he wrote hi and then put a little uh, dog emote. So. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, thanks so much for listening to this. Oh, actually, what are we watching next week, guys? <laughs> Sorry. What are we watching next week? Well, I'll tell you. Next week, we are watching, uh, nominated by Emily, we're watching Sweet Country, and nominated by Chris, we're watching Predestination, two Australian films. I feel like this uh, episode almost had a theme, and it's like, see if... Uh, relationships with older people could be beneficial to teens and next week we've got an australian theme and we've just started completely deadly both times i like it to be honest yeah themed episodes (laughs) (laughs) all right um thanks so much for watching this episode or or listening to this episode of film school podcast uh where we talk about uh two main topics and then the films that we've watched throughout the week uh you can follow us on youtube it'd be great if you liked and subscribed uh, if you haven't already um if you get all the way to this point you haven't switched off yet uh you can also follow us on twitter and instagram film school pod uh and Thanks so much, guys, for yet another great week. Can you believe we're 20 weeks in? That is crazy. Yeah, wow. Honestly. Nearly our 21st. Oh, we can legally drink in America next week. (laughs) What an accomplishment. What an accomplishment. All right. Thanks, guys.